Hi there, fourth grade readers. I really hope you enjoyed chapter one of The Great Gilly Hopkins yesterday. Before we start chapter two, yesterday I asked you to make a prediction about what kind of relationship you think that Gilly and William Ernest will have in the book. Here are some of the predictions that you guys made. I think that Gilly and Ernest will um, become friends um, later in the book. But right now, I think they're going to have a, a, a like tough start. And um, yeah, that's what I think. And I think that they're going to be really good friends. And maybe even best friends. So yeah. I think that... Uh, Gilly and William are going to be somehow good friends. And I think that because uh, Gilly is like a really kind of troublemaker girl. And William, it's like, I think William, it's like also some of that. I think that the relationship they are going to have is going to be they're going to like playing together. I think that William and Gilly are going to have like a kind of scared relationship because William is kind of scared of her. And so I don't think they're really going to be um, like that close because he's always hide. William Ernest is always hiding from her. And Gilly doesn't really care about him that much. I think that they're not going to have a very good relationship, just judging on what they had now. And I think uh, the cause of that is because they're completely different kids. And uh, that William is scared. Hi, it's Sabrina. And I think that... Um, so... I think that Gilly and her new foster brother are not going to have a very good relationship at the beginning. Maybe at the end it's going to get better. At the beginning, I don't think it's going to be good because, because like, Billy already scared him. So, like, that's not very kind to do if you want to be kind, and I don't think she does want to be kind. But, um... And at the end, I think they might be good because I wrote in the back, like Mystery said to us, and um, said that like she, she like she's so brilliant that like she like pranks them basically. I think the kid is going to like her foster brother is gonna like doing pranks with her. Bye, and that was Sabrina. The Great Gilly Hopkins. Chapter 2. The Man Who Comes to Supper The room that Mrs. Trotter took Gilly to was about the size of the Nevins' new station wagon. The narrow bed filled up most of the space, and even someone as skinny as Gilly had to kneel on the bed in order to pull out the drawers of the bureau opposite it. Mrs. Trotter didn't even try to come in, just stood in the doorway slightly swaying and smiling, her breath short from climbing the stairs. Why don't you just put your things away in the bureau and get yourself settled? Then when you feel like it, you can come on down and watch TV with William Ernest. 
Or come talk to me while I'm fixing supper. What an awful smile she had, Gilly thought. She didn't even have all her teeth. Gilly dropped her suitcase on the bed and sat down beside it, kicking the bureau drawers with her toes. You need anything, honey, just let Trotter know, okay? Gilly jerked her head in a nod. What she needed was to be left alone. From the bowels of the house, she could hear the theme song from Sesame Street. Her first job would be to improve W.E.'s taste in TV. That was for sure. It's going to be okay, honey. I know it's been hard to switch around so much. I like moving. Gilly jerked one of the top drawers so hard it nearly came out onto her bed. It's boring to stay in one place. Yeah, the big woman started to turn and then hesitated. Well, Gilly slid off the bed and put her left hand on the doorknob and stuck her right hand on her hip. Mrs. Trotter glanced down at her hand on the knob. Well, make yourself at home, you hear now? Gilly slammed the door after her. God, listening to that woman was like licking melted ice cream off the carton. She tested the dust on the top of the bureau and then, standing on the bed, wrote in huge cursive curlicues, Miss Galadriel Hopkins. She stared at the lovely letters she made for a moment before slapping down her open palm in the middle of them and rubbing them all away. The Nevinsons had been square and white and dustless, just like every other square, white, dustless house in the treeless development where they had lived. She had been the only thing in the neighborhood out of place. Well, Hollywood Gardens was spotless once more. They'd got rid of her. No, she got rid of them, the whole stinking lot. Unpacking even just the few things in her brown suitcase always seemed a waste of time to Gilly. She never knew if she'd be in a place long enough to make it worth the bother. And yet, it was something to fill the time. There were two little drawers at the top and four larger ones below. She put her underwear in one of the little ones and her shirts and jeans in one of the big ones and then picked up the photograph from the bottom of the suitcase. Out of the pasteboard frame and through the plastic cover, the brown eyes of the woman laughed up at her as they always did. The glossy black hair hung in gentle waves without a hair astray. She looked as though she was the star of some TV show, but she wasn't. See, right there in the corner she had written, For my beautiful Galadriel, I will always love you. She wrote that to me, Gilly told herself, as she did each time she looked at it. Only to me. She turned the frame over. It was still there, the little piece of tape with the name on it. Courtney Rutherford Hopkins. Gilly smoothed her own straw-colored hair with one hand as she turned the picture over again. Even the teeth were gorgeous. Weren't girls supposed to look like their mothers? The word mother triggered something deep in her stomach. She knew the danger signal. Abruptly, she shoved the picture under a t-shirt and banged the bureau drawer shut. This was not the time to start dissolving like hot jello. She went downstairs. There you are, honey, Trotter turned away from the sink to greet her. How about giving me a hand here with this salad? No. Oh, score a point for Gilly. Well, Trotter shifted her weight to her left foot, keeping her eyes on the carrots she was scraping. William Morris is in the living room watching Sesame Street. 
My God, you must think I'm mental or something. Mental? Trotter moved to the kitchen table and started chopping the carrots on a tiny round board. Dumb, stupid. Never crossed my mind. Then why the hell you think I'm going to watch some retard show like that? Listen here, Gilly Hopkins. One thing we better get straight right now tonight. I won't have you making fun of that boy. I wasn't making fun of that boy. What was the woman talking about? She didn't mention the boy. Just because someone isn't quite as smart as you are, don't give you no right to look down on them. Who am I looking down on? You just said. The fat woman's voice was rising and her knife was crashing down on the carrots with vengeance. You just said Willie Murnis was... Her voice dropped to a whisper. Retarded. I did not. I don't even know the stupid kid. I never saw him in my life before today. Trotter's eyes were still flashing, but her hand and voice were under control. He's had a rough time of it in this world, but he's with Trotter now, and as long as the Lord leaves him in this house, ain't nobody on earth gonna hurt him. In any way. Good God, all I was trying to say, one more thing. In this house, we don't take the Lord's name in vain. Gilly threw both her hands up in mock surrender. All right, all right, forget it. She started for the door. Supper's about ready. How about going next door and getting Mr. Randolph? He eats here nights. The word no was just about to pop out of Gilly's mouth, but one look at Trotter's eyes and she decided to save her fights for something important. Which house? The gray one on the right. She waved her knife vaguely uphill. Just knock on the door. If you do it good and loud, he'll hear you. Better take your jacket, cold out. Gilly ignored the last. She ran out the door, through the picket gate, and onto the porch next to her, stomping and jumping to keep warm. Bam, bam, bam. It was too cold for October. Mr. Randolph's house was smaller and more grubby looking even than Trotter's. She repeated her knock. Suddenly, the door swung inward, revealing a tiny, shrunken man. Strange, whitish eyes stared out of a wrinkled brown face. Gilly took one look and ran back to Trotter's kitchen as fast as she could go. What's the matter, Will's Mr. Randolph? I don't know. He's gone. He's not there. What do you mean he's not there? Trotter began wiping her hands on her apron and walking toward the door. He's gone. Some weird little colored man with white eyes came to the door. Gilly, that was Mr. Randolph. He can't see a thing. You've got to go back and bring him by the hand so he won't fall. Gilly backed away. I, I never touched one of those people in my life. Well, then it's about time, ain't it? Trotter snapped. Of course, if you can't manage, I can always send William Ernest. I can manage. Don't you worry about me. You probably got Mr. Randolph all confused and upset by now. Well, you should have warned me. Warned you? Trotter banged a spoon on the table. I should have warned poor Mr. Randolph. You want me to send William Ernest? I said I could manage. Good God. At this, Trotter's spoon went up in the air like a fly swatter. All right, I didn't say it. Hell, person can't even talk around here. A smart person like you ought to be able to think of a few regular words to stick in amongst the cusses. 
The spoon went into the salad and stirred. Well, hurry up if you're going. The little black man was still standing in the open doorway. William Ernest, he called gently as Gilly started up the steps. No, she said sharply. Me. Ah, he smiled widely, although his eyes did not seem to move. You must be the new little girl. He stretched out his right hand. Welcome to you, welcome. Gilly carefully took the elbow instead of the hand. Trotter said for me to get you for supper. Well, thank you, thank you. He reached behind, fumbling until he found the knob and pulled the door shut. Kind of chilly tonight, isn't it? Yeah. All she could think of was Miss Ellis. Okay, so she hadn't been so great at the Nevinses, but she hadn't done anything to deserve this. A house run by a fat, fluff-brained, religious fanatic with a mentally retarded seven-year-old? Well, maybe he was and maybe he wasn't actually retarded, but chances were good the kid was running around with less than his full share of brains, or why would Trotter make such a big deal of it? But she could have handled the two of them. It wasn't fair to throw in a blind black man who came to eat. Or maybe Miss Ellis didn't know. Maybe Trotter kept this a secret. The sidewalk was uneven. Mr. Randolph's toe hit a corner and he lurched forward. Watch it! Without thinking, Gilly threw her arms around the thin shoulders and caught him before he fell. Thank you, thank you. Gilly dropped her arms. She thought for a horrible moment that he was going to try to grab her hand, but he didn't. Boy, Miss Ellis, are you ever going to be sorry you did this to me? Now, Mrs. Trotter did tell me your name, but I'm ashamed to say I don't seem to recall it. He tapped his head with its short, curly gray hair. I can keep all the luxuries up here, but none of the necessities. Gilly, she muttered. I beg your pardon? Gilly Hopkins. Oh, yes. He was shuffling painfully up Trotter's front steps. Jeez, why didn't he get a white cane or something? I am most pleased to make your acquaintance, Miss Gilly. I might close, my film mighty close to all Mrs. Trotter's children. Little William Ernest is like a grandson to me, so I feel sure. Watch the door. Yes, yes, I thank you. Is that you, Mr. Randolph? Came Trotter's voice from inside. Yes, indeed, Mrs. Trotter, with the sweetest little escort you would ever hope to see. Trotter appeared in the hallway with her hands on her hips. How you doing in this cold weather? Not my best, I'm afraid. This sweet little girl had to keep me from falling right down on my face. Did she now? See there, Trotter, I managed. I guess this old house is going to be a bit more lively now, eh, Mrs. Trotter? Wouldn't be surprised, answered Trotter in a flat voice that Gilly couldn't read the meaning of. The meal proceeded without incident. Gilly was hungry, but thought it better not to seem to enjoy her supper too much. William Ernest ate silently and steadily, with only an occasional glance at Gilly. She could tell that the child was scared silly of her. It was about the only thing in her last two hours that had given her any real satisfaction. Power over the boy was sure to be power over Trotter in the long run. I declare, Mrs. Trotter, said Mr. Randolph, every day I think to myself, 
Tonight's supper couldn't be as delicious as last night's, but I tell you, this is the most delicious meal I have ever had, the privilege of eating. Mr. Randolph, you could flatter the stripe off a polecat. Mr. Randolph let out a giggling laugh. It isn't flattery, I assure you, Mrs. Trotter. William Ernest and Miss Gilly will bear me out in this. I may be old, but I haven't lost my sense of taste. Even if some folks maintain, I've lost the other four. They went on and on like that, Mr. Randolph flattering the fat woman and the fat woman eating it up like hot fudge sundae with all the nuts. What I should do, thought Gilly, as she lay that night in the narrow bed with her arms folded under her head, what I should do is write my mother. Courtney Rutherford Hopkins would probably sue county welfare if she knew what kind of place they'd forced her daughter to come to. Miss Ellis, whose eyebrows always twitched when Gilly asked questions about Courtney, had once told her that Courtney was from Virginia. Everybody knew, didn't they, that families like Courtney's did not eat with colored people? Courtney Rutherford Hopkins was sure to go into a rage, wasn't she, when she heard that news? Perhaps the self-righteous Trotter would be put into jail for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Miss Ellis would, of course, be fired. Yum. She'll come to get me then, for sure, thought Gilly. Her mother wouldn't stand for her beautiful Galadriel to be in a dump like this for one single minute, once she knew. But how was she to know? Miss Ellis would never admit it. What kind of lies was the social worker telling Courtney to keep her from coming to fetch Gilly? As she dropped off to sleep, Gilly promised herself for the millionth time that she would find out where Courtney Rutherford Hopkins was, write to her, and tell her to come and take her beautiful Galadriel home. Readers, in this chapter, we get some information for the first time about Gilly's mom. How do you think that Gilly feels about her mom? And why do you think she feels that way? Or how do you know she feels that way? Send me a voice message by scrolling to the top and clicking on the message button, and you could have your voice on tomorrow's episode.